Oh, honey, guess what today's topic of our podcast is? Well, I already know what today's topic is. Oh, really, smart guy? And how's that? Well, because I wear the pants around here, that's why. Well, that's not good. Oh, really? So you want to wear the pants now, do you? Well, actually, I don't want to wear the pants either. If I had it my way, neither one of us would be wearing the pants around here. Hmm. Maybe I'd like a woman who takes charge after all. Pants or no pants. Live from the mysterious, mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily. All right, here we are. Episode number 38 of the X and Y on the Fly podcast. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And we're coming at you today with a pretty good topic, aren't we, Emily? We sure are. Who wears the pants? Well, I do. Not really. <laughs> See, look, I didn't even so much as get the title out you were already trying to wear the pants. I know. It's so fun to think about it. What? It isn't reality. You're just dreaming, You're fantasizing. Just fantasy and reality are two different things. Okay. Well, like we were about to say before <clears throat> I got so rudely interrupted, um, <laughs> said the guy who wears the pants, right? Right. We are going to talk today about wearing the pants in a relationship. Now, this is a topic that is probably going to be kind of controversial. And, um, you know, it's not really controversial between you and I. No, it works out perfectly. But I think there's good reason for it to be controversial if things are out of balance in a relationship. What do you think? Absolutely. And I perfectly understand why many women out there are concerned or or against being submissive to a man. And for a good reason. Okay. Well, you know what we need to do here? What's Before that? we start talking about all this submissive stuff, I think we need to define what wearing the pants in a relationship means. Okay. I think – here I go wearing the pants, right? Asserting myself. I think the one wearing the pants is the one who's in the leadership role, who's kind of setting the direction for the relationship and, in general, deciding what's right. But if someone truly is wearing the pants, he or she, I guess, if we're going to uh, keep this kind of theoretical for now – has got to have the best interests of everybody involved at heart. Right, because if you're selfish about it, it's going to really be unpleasant for everybody. Right. In other words, a raging alcoholic may wear the pants, but it's only because you know wife and kids are all scared of him. Well, what kind of leadership is that? Well, it's bad leadership, obviously. Right. But he's still wearing the pants. True, although to everybody's dismay. Right. There's nothing good happening there. So if someone is going to be wearing the pants, if a guy's going to be wearing the pants in a relationship, he has to have solid leadership skill. And you know what happens if he's not a good leader? What's that? I bet the woman starts wearing the pants. Well, of course. Someone has to take care of things. 
You know, there's even relationships where the kids wear the pants. How sad is that? Oh, yes, that's true, and they're completely out of control. Yeah, we're sitting here talking about who wears the pants. Is it the man or the woman in the relationship? And sometimes, you know... It's the kids. Right, because, you know, you see it like on the nanny shows, right? Oh, my goodness. That's just just unbelievable. You know, you have a set of twins, and they're basically running the house, and it is anarchy. Right, it's unimaginable. Right. Someone has got to wear the pants if they're an adult. And I would say... That it's got to be the guy. The way I would compare that is driving a vehicle. Only one person can actually drive where the rest of us are just passengers. In a family relationship, the same thing. Someone's going to have to lead and direct that family in a certain direction. And only one person can truly lead that relationship, whereas the rest of us are passengers enjoying the ride. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. Right. And if you have two people trying to steer the steering wheel, the car kind of goes kind of crazy, awkward. Right, but that's not to say the person in the passenger seat shouldn't be navigating. Right, exactly. Providing some valid assistance. Exactly. That way they work harmoniously together. Right. It's not like somebody's lording it over someone else. See, a lot of times when we start getting into this concept of who's wearing the pants, that line in and of itself carries kind of this bias, doesn't it? Right, and I don't blame women for feeling that way because so many men – have controlled women versus just leading them in a proper direction. They've they've become these horrible dictators where they pretty much say when you can go somewhere and what you can do and how you can do it. Well, in all fairness, before we start sounding like feminazis here on our own show, <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of women, when they wear the pants, they start acting like that too. You know, you're right. There are female dictators running relationships. Right. And you know what I think? What's that? I think when a woman is wearing the pants, she's a little bitter about it. Because I don't think she's going to be able to respect a guy who isn't wearing the pants. If the guy just rolls over and dies and says, well, you know, I really don't know what we're doing around here. And kind of milk toasts his way through the whole relationship, through running the family. She's not going to be able to trust him. Yes, but on the other side, sometimes men can't help but let the woman lead because she's already railroaded him so hard that if he says anything, you know, he has to watch out what's going to happen next. Well, yeah, but that's a woman's personality that takes over there. And the guy should have thought about that before he married her. Something to consider. Well, exactly. You know what else we need to consider? What's that? Our first on-the-street interview. Oh, good. Let's get to it. Yeah, we have our friend here, Jenny, and here's what she had to say. Hey, this is Scott, and I'm here with my friend Jenny, and the topic of the day is should women be able to wear the pants in the relationship? What do you think? Sure, why not? (laughs) I mean, why should men have to be able to wear the pants? Well, can you respect a man who totally gives all of his power away to you? No. Well, then what's the difference? Well, there's really, it's just a fine line, I guess. I mean, I guess there's give and take on both sides. So you're looking more for balance not for the guy to say, okay, well, you know what, whatever you want, you know, you're in charge, you can take the checkbook, you can do whatever, you can be in total control here. That's kind of a turnoff, or is that okay? Uh, it's kind of a turnoff. Okay, that's, that's all I needed to know. So, you know, what you're kind of showing me is that some women say, hey, you know what, I think it would be great to be in charge, but, you know, maybe the reality of it wouldn't be so great. Right. Outstanding. Thanks. Appreciate your input. You're welcome. Ha, well, look at that, will you? She starts off saying, why, sure, women should be able to wear the pants. And then when I kind of asked the question a different way, what did she do? Well, I wouldn't respect a guy if he wasn't leading. Exactly. So 
A lot of times, I think, like I said, you know, it's a loaded question to say, should a guy wear the pants in a relationship? Because a woman's going to say, you know, that just sounds so dictatorial. It sounds so negative. It has a bad feeling to it. Right. But when you really ask a woman in the right way, can she respect a guy who isn't in a leadership role if she has to lead him? She's going to go like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice guy syndrome. Yes. Now, the nice guy syndrome plays into this. I think in several ways. Okay. First of all, at the very front end of a relationship, the guy starts thinking to himself, oh my goodness, look at that chick. If I could just get in her pants, life would be just wonderful. So he is basically groveling and being Mr. Nice Guy. And you know what it's exactly like to me? He never gets her pants. She's wearing them. Well, you know, you made a pretty good point. (laughs) If she's the one who's the master of her own pants and the master of his pants, then I guess, you know, she kind of holds the lock and the key, doesn't she? She sure does. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is it's kind of like when you go into like a sports store or even like, you know, the Best Buy or some electronic store. Here's this guy who's on the clock and he's like, well, hello, sir. How can I help you today? And you're looking at this guy and you're thinking, when that guy's off the clock, he's not going to give a rat's behind about me. Well, True. Right, because he's on the clock. He's getting paid to be nice, right? Exactly. And off the clock, he's going to be like drinking beer with his buddies and, you know, dropping F-bombs and doing his thing, right? Right. But not while he's on the clock. Well, of course not. He has to please me. Right, exactly. And does he? No, you don't trust him because you're thinking, okay, this guy's going to want a commission or something out of me. Right. This guy just is looking at job security. He isn't really caring about whether I get what I need or not. There's a motive other than my own. Right. There's an ulterior motive. And that's exactly what goes on when a guy looks at a beautiful woman and says, wow, what if I could just get something off her? And that's where it starts. And the woman's like, well, I can't trust this guy. Now, you're absolutely right. He'll probably not get anywhere. True. (laughs) Because she's in control. Right. But if she's just desperate enough, she'll probably say, well, you know, I don't have any guys in my life. Maybe he'll do. At least give him a try. Because after all, I feel bad for him. Or, you know, he was so nice. Maybe my gut instincts are lying to me this one time and maybe he'll be okay. But they finally get married because, you know, who knows? They're 26, 28 years old. It's time to get married, right? Right. Time to get married. She wants a baby. He is there. He's Mr. Right Now. And they get married. And the first thing that happens is he goes, well, you know, if it's okay with you, maybe we should have, um, you know, this wedding that you want. Would it be okay if we did everything your way for the wedding? And she goes, as a matter of fact, yes, it would. And I want this dress and I want this wedding planner and I want to have it right here. And we're going to, we're not going to have the cheaper chicken. We're going to have the, the shrimp or whatever, you know, from the father of the bride Or the movie. caviar. Yeah, whatever. And the woman is wearing the pants from the very moment they plan the wedding. Well, what do you think we got bridezillas for? Oh, yeah, man, that show. Golly, I haven't seen a show yet where if I was that guy, I wouldn't have pulled the eject lever off that relationship. Well, there was one, one sweetheart that was on there who wasn't even a bridezilla, which is amazing. They actually showed it. Yeah, I think I saw that episode with you. That's right. We were kind of watching it, and all of a sudden, I kind of blurted out, wait a minute, she's actually sort of cool. Why do they have her on bridezilla? Exactly. It's going to ruin the ratings. (laughs) But they made a cute couple. Right. Well, because he was wearing the pants. Yes. He was actually doing for her what she wanted out of pure benevolence because he loved her. And what was she? Was she going storming around and... She wasn't being demanding. No. She was being reasonable. She was being grateful. 
Now, I'm not saying every woman needs to say to every guy, oh, my goodness, you're like my hero. You're like my knight in shining armor. Thank you for bestowing such greatness upon me. I do think it's a give and take thing. Oh, yeah. You can't take a woman's wedding from her. Well, yeah. I mean, starting with the wedding. (laughs) I've kind of moved on from the wedding here. But, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, a wedding to a woman is very important. But it does set the precedent for later. It does, absolutely. I usually say when I go to weddings, I usually can determine pretty much how well that relationship is going to go and if it's going to be successful or not. You know, like your cousin in Mexico just got married. Yes. The morning after when they were opening all the presents, and I said, well, you know, where's all the stuff that you're actually going to need around the house? He's like, well, I had some stuff like power tools and some kind of common household things that we might need to fix stuff, but she took them all off the list. And meanwhile, she's opening up, like, all these little frilly things, one after the next, you know, these nice plates with little flowers on them and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, this guy's already being pwned. And remember what I said? I said, well, you know, when the faucet breaks, tell her she can fix it. Oh, yes, I remember you saying that. With her 18-8 stainless steel utensils. (laughs) You said that out loud, didn't you? Right, and I was the only one who laughed. Yeah. But I think it's pretty true. Right. Now, he should absolutely do what's right for her but see she should at least appreciate it if a woman has a guy who's willing to do for her what she wants and it's the right thing to do and it's good and reasonable she should not take advantage of that just like a guy shouldn't be taking advantage of a woman sexually or otherwise it's just like if a woman is a gold digger and she marries a guy just for his money or if a guy marries a woman just for her money or for her looks or whatever In either case, there's an imbalance there. There's no teamwork. There's no relationship. So someone is going to be in control because there's going to be someone in that relationship. You ready for this? Oh, yes. Who wants the relationship more than the other one. And when that happens, that person controls the other person. That's right. Like you said, it's off balance. And in the end, everybody's unhappy. When someone's willing to walk and the other person is not willing to walk then there's that imbalance. And the person who is in control will ultimately be the one who calls all the shots in the relationship. Now, there's a subtle difference between being in control because you want the relationship less and the one being in control because, you know, you just have power of personality over the other person, right? Right. But I think ultimately those two go hand in hand. Yes. If the person can completely control the other person, They're going to lose respect for that other person. Even a guy who is in the role of wearing the pants, if the woman is completely submissive and basically just kowtows to everything, he's going to say, well, you know, she's kind of a shrinking violet. I can just sort of walk all over her. Well, she needs to learn to speak up and at least voice her ideas and her concerns and voice what's on her mind, regardless of what the two decide to do. Yeah, and she has every right to do that. Because she has some part in giving some direction. That's right, because if she just is a total shrinking violet, he may actually start off with good intentions, but because it's just so easy to steamroll her, then even when he does make a mistake and she's like even approving of his mistakes and things that she should never, you know, forgive even, like sleeping around on her or getting drunk and staying out all night. And she's like, well, okay, you know, I'm sure I did something to deserve this. Well, then the guy's going to lose all respect for her, even if he is wearing the pants. Right. Well, rightfully so. Right. Imbalance, just like I was saying. Women really need to speak up. Absolutely. And it all starts with the guy 
needing to be benevolent towards the woman and have that leadership skill. Guys, if you don't have any leadership skill, someone else is going to be wearing the pants. And if you want this relationship more than this woman does that you're involved with, you are going to lose all control. And it's not like you're a controller. It's not like you're wanting to be manipulative. It's not like you're wanting to get your jollies with some power trip over someone. It's you're trying to keep order in this relationship and do what's right. Well, you know, going along with that, what I was thinking, too, is a lot of women, or actually a lot of men, will mess things up. Mm -hmm. Or if something goes wrong, the woman will just simply lay into him really bad. And that's so unpleasant to the point where why even bother trying? You mean the guy? Yeah. Why bother try? Right. Yeah. If you can't make a woman happy, there's going to be a miserable guy. And at some point, he's going to give up and say, okay, I can't please you, so you take over. Exactly. Yes. If she's unreasonable or she just cannot be pleased, if she's just incorrigible, then a guy will say, you know what? Heck with it. But I don't blame women for doing that sometimes because sometimes the guy's... Some of them just mess up all the time. Well, then she made a bad choice. Or they're just not making decisions that are right for the both of them. It's whatever. It's on his mind. Sometimes he's not thinking when he makes decisions, and they're just turning out to be bad. You know, we've talked here about the guy being confronted with a woman who's just real contentious. And what did we say? He should have made a better choice. Right. Now you have a woman who is dealing with a guy who... Can't make decisions and is out of control, right? And what are we saying? She should have made a better choice. Right. It comes down to deserving what you want. You know, a lot of guys are saying, well, you know what? I just want to get a woman in my life. I just want to get laid, yada, yada, yada. Well, wait a minute. You might fall in love here. You might find a woman you really like, and you will have not practiced the skills of relationship management necessary to quarterback a relationship properly. Either you're going to try to ham-fist everything and be this controller without even realizing it out of sheer arrogance, right? Right. Or lack of knowledge, lack of ability, lack of practice. Or you're going to be this guy who gets into a situation and doesn't know how to operate when the chips are down. Well, it's kind of like when you work for a company and Mm -hmm. you have all these bosses above you. Some of them are really cool and are great to work under. And you're able to accomplish and be very productive. However, there are some who are just who just don't have the skills needed to be able to lead a team mm. and everyone is miserable or unhappy and the productivity goes down because no one can stand coming into work because he's either yelling or screaming, he's upset, you can't make him happy. It really is important to have those great skills whether you're in a work condition or whether you're in a family unit. Yeah, everybody has got to be one half of a great relationship or there are no great relationships available to that person. That's right. You can't have a successful relationship. One person cannot carry the whole relationship. Right. It can't be done. It defies the laws of physics. It takes both of them. Right. Or it defies the laws of chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) One or the other. It defies every law I can think of, right? Matter of fact, there should be a law against it. So what we got here is we got a situation where if a guy can be benevolent towards a woman, a woman seems like she wants to accept that kind of leadership. I don't think women want to wear the pants. No, we don't want to wear the pants. We want to be able to enjoy life and be the nurturers and take care of things. On that note, we've got another on-the-street interview. That's right, we do. This time it's with Sandy. Here's what Sandy had to say. Hey, this is Scott, and I'm here at the gym, and I've got a new friend here named Sandy. How's it going, Sandy? Good. Here's the question I have for you. You sitting down for this? 
standing. Yeah, actually you're standing. There really is nowhere to sit here, so onward, right? Yes. Okay. What do you think about the concept of a woman wearing the pants in a relationship? you think that's a good idea? No. I think that's the man's role. Uh, women are supposed to be submissive to the men, but the men are still supposed to love and respect the woman, so you've got to have a good mixture there. But ultimately, it's the man's responsibility to uh, be the head of the house. Well, so the guy is in control, but he's not a controller, right? Exactly. Thanks. That's an awesome answer. You're welcome. You sure you don't work for us? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, well, she just came right out with it, didn't she? She did. She spelled it out so beautifully. Right. And you know what? From what I know about her, I don't know her very well, but she's a trainer at the gym I go to. I don't think she's a weak-willed woman. Oh, no. I'm sure she has pretty good strength there. Right. But what she's doing is she's looking for a guy she can respect. She sees the purpose of a man having the leadership role. And it's just like you said, Emily, a feminine woman, a woman who displays feminine traits, will want to be the nurturer. She'll want to be the one who's the joy giver to the relationship. She may have lots of knack for the logistics. Right. She may be able to do lots of things really, really competently. But at the end of the day, if the guy can't stand up to her, he can't stand up for her. And you've heard that cliche time and time again. But it really, really is true. And if a woman can't trust a guy and she doesn't feel secure with him around... If something goes bump in the night and he's going to go, you know, very dangerous, you go first. <laughs> How awful. Or if there's a spider in the bathroom and he's the one jumping up on a toilet, you know, squealing, then that's a problem to most women. Yeah, we don't want men screaming like women. I think the whole concept of a woman wearing the pants sounds good to women who have never been there and done that before. Or haven't really thought it through. Or haven't really thought it through. Because... Really, it has such a status to it in this world, in day and age, where there's so many, like you said earlier, feminazis, mm -hmm. that no one's really stopped to understand the ramifications of it. Yeah, well, the ramifications of it is you've got a guy with his balls cut off, and he's not going to be happy to be in the relationship. Well, you're not going to be attracted to him because he's neutered. And he's not going to be attracted to you. He's going to be bitter towards you because he's going to just not have a place in that relationship. If the woman's wearing the pants and she's being the nurturer and she's, you know, being the joy giver, what's the guy doing? Is he an ATM machine? Does he just go to work, make some money and that's it? Well, unless she's doing that as well, then <laughs> right. he's, the, he's the freeloader. <laughs> that's like my next thought. What if like, she's the one who's got like, you know, a VP job at a fortune 500 company. He's just like, well, uh, I can't do anything to live up to this woman. Again, Bad choices. Wow, I can't imagine what a guy must feel like if he's in that circumstance. Well, let's go back to Sandy for a second. Okay. Imagine being the guy who lives up to what Sandy's expectations are. How is that going to feel for that guy? Pretty good. Here you have a smart, intelligent woman who wants to have the feminine role. She's looking forward to a guy who can wear the pants and be benevolent towards her. That woman is going to respect that guy and love that guy. Yes. How is that going to feel for that guy? I would imagine good. Now, as soon as the guy who's wearing the pants mistreats a woman like that, when she's got a good head on her shoulders and she's a truly sharp woman, as soon as that power starts getting abused, you know what? She's either going to speak up, she's going to exert herself in a way she doesn't even want to, and she may fight for a little bit more control in that relationship, or she may bail altogether. Because she's able to. She has the option to. All because of what? Poor leadership skill on the guy's part. 
Right. Now, what about when kids are involved? Wow. You know, we opened this whole can of worms earlier. I think a lot of times guys are saying, ah, you know what, I don't want any kids. Or the woman's thinking, ah, that'll come later. But if you're talking about a long-term relationship... You've got to be on the same page with that. Right. You've got to be looking at a guy, ladies, and saying, can this guy quarterback our family? If he can't even quarterback our relationship, what's going to happen when we have Litlands in the house? Right. Is he going to let them take control? Right. Is he going to be every bit as passive as he is now? Well, the answer is, you betcha. Or vice versa. Is he going to be, like, over-domineering? Right. You know, if he is kind of dangerous to be around and you don't really feel very secure, those children are going to grow up in an insecure home. They're going to have low self-esteem. They're going to act out. Right. And then they're going to look, if it's a girl, she's going to look for father just like him. Most women marry men who are very much like their own fathers. Scary thought, right? Yes. So look at the ramifications of the partner you choose now down the road. It can literally be generational. You know, and I don't think people think this way when they happen into relationships with each other. And we've talked about the concept of deserving what you want. And now where does it lead? Inevitably to the same place as always, settling. If you're not deserving what you want, you're going to settle for less than what you want. Right. And it doesn't start from the time that you're considering, should I marry this person? It starts from the time before you meet them. Right, because that's what you prepared for. So guys, what you need to do is you need to grow a pair and you need to learn leadership skill. You need to learn what it is that women want. And here's a hint. They want security. Here's another hint. They want you to make them feel secure. Here's another hint. They like to feel safe. <laughs> okay? Right, exactly. And women need to find men who truly are loving and tender and compassionate, who will take your feelings and thoughts into consideration when the two of you are making some really serious decisions in life. You don't want to feel as if, well, you're stuck in a rut and you're having to do everything he tells you to do because that just feels awful because you don't feel like a person then. You have to find a great guy who knows how to take care of you in the way that a woman needs him to do so. Well, let's backtrack for a second. The guy's not crying over roses and taking ballet lessons, okay? He's acting like a man. So when you're saying he needs to have this tender compassion towards you. You're not talking about him being feminine. No, absolutely not. I'm talking about him caring about your feelings and your thoughts. You're talking about him having compassion, which I think is an amazing masculine trait. Yes, absolutely. And I think you're talking about him knowing how to rest and listen so he knows what he needs in order to have solid response in terms of leadership. Right. How can he lead effectively if he doesn't know what the needs are, if he doesn't know what the situation is? Any general in any military operation. Right. He's going to ask his men for input. Right. He's going to have top advisors. He's going to have scouts. He's going to know what's going on in the battlefield before he makes a move. Right. And that's how he should do it with his wife or his companion. Hopefully it's not a battlefield, but you get the point. <laughs> the analogy's there. Yes. You need all the information you can get to make a good, solid direction. Right. So, guys, start understanding what women need. I've just given you three very strong hints. <laughs> and then go put it into practice with every woman you meet. Don't put women in the car and say, uh, what's your favorite restaurant so I can take you there and serve you tonight? Say, hey, look, I was paying attention. The lights were on when we were on the phone the other night, and I got the evening planned for you. At the end of that evening, if you have laid out the plan... That woman's going to go, wow, it's like you read my mind. <laughs> and what a wonderful feeling. Yes, exactly, because she's freed up to enjoy it and glow in your presence and enjoy the fact that you're a man. 
And that's what she likes. We like being treated like women. Right, exactly. Now, there's women out there listening to this very podcast saying, you know, McKay, you're so full of it, your eyes should be brown. Because I want to be the woman who's in charge. But I bet if she looks in the mirror and repeats that to herself, she's going to go, I'm not going to respect a guy who gives into that. And it's really, there's nothing pleasant about being in charge and control of every single thing that goes on in your life. I've been that woman. I've been there. And it's really miserable. It's a drag for women. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes it's not a bed of roses for guys either. But it's our job. We have got to be the man of the house. We have got to be the one who stands up and is willing to take a bullet when the chips are down. That's the guy's role. And you know what, guys, if you can learn how to like it and you can learn how to ready yourself for it, and you can learn that women literally get hot when they have a guy like this in their presence, then you know what, you're going to start liking it a lot more. You're going to start relishing this whole concept of being the guy who wears the pants. And see, only weaklings, only guys who have no power in their life elsewhere are the ones who are lording this over a girlfriend. Guys who are beating up their girlfriends, guys who are mentally, emotionally abusive, my way or the highway types of IJs, idiot jerks. Right, I was about ready to make that exact same point here just now. They're not strong. No, they're, they're weak in they're mind weaklings. and emotions, everything. They right. just don't have the capacity to actually function as a human being. They're not real men. Let's throw it out on the table. Because a real man doesn't need to get his jollies by having power over the woman in his life. Right. That's not loving. That's not compassionate. That's not leadership. Right. Leadership is very different than being a power monger. Right. Being a dictator. Now, that brings up how much say should the woman have in everyday stuff? And I would say every bit as much as the guy. I would say I would agree. You know, her input matters as much as the guy's every single moment of every single day. But when the chips are down, the guy's the one who pulls the trigger. Because only one person can do that. Right. And if the guy has a certain skill set, he needs to exert that. Now, here's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. if, for example, let's say the couple's trying to plan a vacation. Right. Somebody wants to go to California. The other one wants to go to New York. Well, obviously, they're in two different directions. But you can't be both in the same place at the exact same time. Right. Somebody has to make a decision as to where that's going to be. If I was a guy wearing the pants in a relationship, which I am, I would be the guy who said, I'm going to look at all the logistics. And assuming it's not completely skewed in one direction or the other, we're going to go where she wants to go. That's what I would say. I would also say that there's other factors that enter into it. If we've been to California 68,000 times <laughs> and I'm dying to go to New York and have never been there and you're kind of on the fence about it, I think it would be um, nice of you to come to me and say, look, you know what? Go to New York. Let's go to New York. I'm withdrawing my request to go to California. See, that's the kind of thing a great woman would do for a great guy because the guy will go to California for her. Mm -hmm. Now, if she goes, I want to go to this place that's a total war zone where the dollar is, you know, shrinking every day and um, it's just not prudent to go there. Right. And it would cost multiple times what the other vacation option would cost, which would be a lot more reasonable. Then I think you need to have a discussion. But I think the guy... Plus the budget. Well, yeah, right, exactly. If the budget can't support it, the budget can't support it. And the guy needs to have a discussion with the woman laying out the details. Right. 
Here's why. Now, are there alternatives that you would like to propose knowing what the logistics are, he would say to the woman. Right. That's reasonable. That's a partnership. Works beautifully. It's harmonious. Right. Now, the last two major vacations we've gone on, I made the decision where we're going. Right. One of them, I came to you when you were pregnant and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go on another major trip before you're too pregnant to enjoy it and before we have a little baby in the house and we can't enjoy it. Right. And you were like, well, I don't know. We just went on a honeymoon just recently. And I was like, no big deal. We're going to do this. I've got the frequent flyer miles. They need to be spent. We're doing it. And you said, uh, well, where are we going to go? I said, give me some ideas. And you Somewhere start, where there's sun and water. You said, <laughs> somewhere where there's sun and water, or else I want to go back to Italy. And I'm not going back to Italy. Okay. Right? We just went to Italy. So I said, what? Okay, I got it. I got it, and I went, and I did my research, and I came back two hours later, and I told you where we were going. That's right. And you were thrilled. I was. Absolutely. And it happened to be all in line with how the frequent flyer miles could be spent, what time of year it was we were going, where the best deals were, and it also happened to be somewhere I'd always wanted to go. Everything worked out perfect. Right. Now, note it was somewhere I'd always wanted to go and you were happy. Why? Because you told me what was important to you and I went and I fit those parameters, but there was still room for me to enjoy the vacation doing what I dreamed of doing. You took care of it. Right. Next vacation. We wanted to take the kids somewhere. Well, why take the kids somewhere they don't want to go, right? Right. So we asked the kids, what would they like to do? Right. We had two options. Yes. Alaska and Hawaii. Actually, there were three. I told the kids straight up, Disney World in the middle of summer is not an option because it's going to be too crowded. I know you too. It's going to be too sticky and sweaty. You're not going to have fun there. That's right. I know that, so that's off the table. And the kids said what? Okay. Okay. And they came up with other options. They felt empowered. They didn't once during that vacation feel like we dragged them somewhere they didn't want to go. True. They enjoyed that whole trip. No whining or complaining. Well, they knew they had input. They knew that they chose that vacation. Right. Now, one of them chose one place, one chose the other. That's right. One was roughly three times the cost of the other. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> and when we came and told the kids what happened, what did the one kid say who had chosen the other option? Actually, now that I think about it, I'm excited to do the other thing. Yeah. Bingo. Done deal. Everybody's happy. Exactly. You had a great time. I had a great time because, frankly, it was a valid, good choice. That's right. Greatest family vacation of all time. Well, that's how headship works. Right. That's how proper headship works. I agree. I agree. But I didn't say, I really want to go here. Here's where we're all going on vacation. Why didn't I do that? Because I had the field sense to know that that would make people whiny and upset. So what does the head of the household do? He does what's best for the household, not just for him all the time. And that's the way it should be. Exactly. Exactly. That's a perfect demonstration of that. Well, I do want to close here with um, the whole concept that a woman, even though she's not wearing the pants in a relationship, is sort of the barometer of the relationship. I think of wearing the pants as the guy is calling the shots, pulling the trigger ultimately. But if he is really thinking about being this servant leader we're talking about, kind mm -hmm. of almost in a biblical sense, right? If he's leading the household in the way it should, the woman should be happy 
it's kind of almost the if mama ain't happy, nobody happy thing. Right. Although I think that colloquialism kind of points to a woman wearing the pants, but it shouldn't. Right. I don't think a man should be with a woman thinking, I'm going to make her miserable. And the woman shouldn't be that way either. But you can always look to the woman, I think, and find out how well the leadership is going. Right. If she's bitter and upset, whining, complaining, nagging, right. that usually is a good indicator that something's not altogether right. Right. And the guy needs to make the adjustment. And the guy also needs to take care of this woman in the bedroom. Make no mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the whole wearing the pants thing is, you know, knowing when to take the pants off. Like that's we said in our intro. Next. Yeah, quite possibly. So <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. I'll make that decision. But we all know where it's going to go because look at the point I'm making. Right. I think it's kind of like a windsock when you land an airplane. The woman shows you which way the wind's blowing in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think it's almost like the kids in a relationship are like the little mini wind socks in the background. It kind of has a trickle-down effect from mama to the kids. Yes. And that's how a guy basically arbitrates how his leadership's going and calibrates that leadership accordingly. Yes. So in a very real way, the woman's role is very much central to how the relationship's headed. It isn't like the guy is ever saying, really, my way or the highway. No. Especially if he wants to keep it healthy. Right. If a woman's constantly giving input, giving directions, and helping along, and the two are just working together as a great unit. And when, you know, the chips are down, like you said, and a decision has to be made, and as much as a woman may want a particular vacation that's out of the budget, he's going to say, I'm sorry, I would love to give you that vacation, but... Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say we can't. Right. And the woman will have to respect that if it's made from a position that's well-grounded. Exactly. Exactly. Very well put. It has to have a reason behind it. So basically what we're talking about here is balance. It comes back down to that. The woman is the barometer of the relationship. The guy is the one who pulls the trigger. Together, they have a cohesive unit that's working in each other's best interest. That's right. Two heads are better than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the sum total of the parts, one plus one should equal more like, you know, three or five, not just two. Hmm. That's the way it should be. So does that mean we have to add an extra one? <laughs> I think we've already added at least one extra one. We have two <laughs> other extra ones between us. Hmm. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think we've covered the topic. I think so. But we have a couple announcements. All right. First of all, if you did not get in on the bonus junior cast, the window has closed on that. We may post it on the feed sometime in the future. But there is good news. If you want to get in on our newsletter right now, we've just posted a brand new bonus for you that's called Dealing with Breakups. And this is a book that I've written that has gotten a very good response. This is not written from a position of you feeling sorry for yourself because you got broken up with. It's about you having control over your relationships and knowing when to break up. And I cover breaking up with people that you've just met, people that you've known for a while, when someone's done something heinous to you and when nothing heinous has really happened. And it's those long-term relationships where nothing heinous has really happened where it's really hard to break up. So it's a very frankly written piece and uh, it will absolutely help you figure out what to do in situations where you know it's time to break off a relationship but don't really know 
the logistics of how to handle that. I've never seen anything written quite like it before, which is one of the reasons why I felt it needed to be done. All you have to do is sign up for our newsletter and you go to www.deservewhatyouwant.com as always. And you'll see the annoying pop-up window come up with the picture of the book on it. Just get in on our newsletter and you will be able to download that puppy immediately. And along the way, you can even recommend us to a couple friends here and there. Another thing we've got going on is we've got our forum, huh, Emily? We do. You can go to www.deservewhatyouwant.com front slash forum, F-O-R-U-M, and join a very character-based discussion on dating relationships for men and women. Right now we've got more men than women, so ladies, chime in. Oh, yes. The guys want to hear your input. <laughs> yeah, actually, we had an email from a woman who wanted to meet some of the guys on my list. Why not? Yeah, she was like, uh, you know, Scott, you're teaching guys how to be great men out there. I'm ready to meet a few of them. Got any in my area? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, girly, go join that forum. Get yeah, to talking because to these them. are the men who are actually wanting to be great men. That's or right. Or who are great men for that matter. That's right. And a lot of the women are asking us where we're going to meet great men. That's a good place to start. Yeah, that and online. Yes. Online dating for sure. Lots of great places. Yeah. More free content for you is at the blog. That's www.edumacation.com, front slash blog, E-D-U-M-C-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N. Lots of fun stuff there. We uh, did a blog series on our trip to Mexico, which was just purely for fun. You'll also find video blogs there. Yes. If you're a guy and you've just found this podcast, be sure to also check out the Chick Whisper podcast, which is just for us guys, although we do have a few women lurking around. Finally, if you want to send us a voicemail, we'd welcome it. The number to call if you're in the continental United States or Canada is plus one, two one zero three six two forty four hundred. Once again, that's two one zero three six two forty four hundred. And if you want to write to us, you can do that too, huh, Emily? You sure can. My email address is Emily E M I L Y at deserve what you want dot com. Yeah, how about that? We finally after what two years have deserve what you want.com email addresses. Mine is Scott at deserve what you want.com. You can spell that with one T or two, even though one T is actually correct. So email away, you can send us your questions and we may start reading a few of those on the air until next time. You've been listening to episode number 38 of X and Y on the fly. This is Scott. And this is Emily. Be good and have fun. Copyright 2008. X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Visit Scott and Emily on the web and get the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. You can also join Emily's newsletter just for the ladies at www.keystobliss.com. Also, be sure to check out the brand new dating cast on iTunes or at www.x-net. Media.com. This is Ed Roy Odom, and you've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast. <laughs>